Hey, I'm Rochella in North Carolina. And I'm Nate in Colorado. And James in London. And we're Friends in Formation, a podcast where three very different friends take your questions about life and faith with the aim to listen, learn, and help each other go further with God. Friends in Formation is produced by Ranavare, a Christian renewal work that offers resources and experiences to help people become more like Jesus. And we would love you to join the conversation. So please email us your question to friends at ranavare.org. That's friends at R-E-N-O-V-A-R-E dot org. If your question is selected, you will get a free Friends Information coffee mug. A big ooh-ah there for those. Ooh-ah. Uh, ooh, ah. Thank you. <laughs> so, let's go. And we're so proud, James, that you actually identified as a coffee mug. That I mean, that shows real progress. Yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> give, give me a break. <laughs> it's a mug. Okay, it's a mug. It has a handle, and if you want to drink tea out of it, you may. <laughs> I do drink tea out of it, yeah. just so you know. <laughs> I like mine too. I every time I use it, I just kind of smile. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Right? Yeah, it's actually a really nice mug, and I w- I'm very proud to say that it holds up in the dishwasher. I know. Like the logo hasn't faded. So. I know. I was a little surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Does someone have a question? Yes, someone has a question. And the question we have here is from Judy, who's asking about the Lord's Prayer. I like the modern translation of it very much. And this is the one by Talus Willard. Judy says, I like the modern translation very much. But when I get to the part that reads, please don't put us through trials, it made me pause. Hmm. Because the Bible says that ordinary trials, while tricky, build endurance. They strengthen us, help us to build a character and to grow in faith. Ordinary trials are part of what Talus's golden triangle of spiritual formation. So why do you think Dallas chose the word trials instead of temptations? in his version of the prayer. The a golden triangle are trying to work with the Holy Spirit at, at the top of the pyramid, and on one side, the ordinary experiences of our lives. So that is um, our struggles, our challenges, and then the other corner is the intentional practices we are willing to put ourselves into of prayer and fellowship and celebration and fasting and and all that. So it's a golden triangle. Holy Spirit at the top, on one side, the experiences that we go through, the challenges and trials and temptations. And then the other side are the practices that we um, step into. So that's what the triangle is supposed to show. So, what do you think? And the triangle is showing these are ways we grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's under the supervision of the spirit. We have the ordinary trials of her life, 
and the practices that we choose to work on. And of course, here, it's worth noting that the translation that most of us are most familiar with from the Lord's Prayer is the one contained in the 1611, quote, authorized version or the King James Version of the Bible. This is what most of us learned to recite. And there the language is, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, right? Mm -hmm. And I think from that, we tend to think of being tempted to sin. That's what we tend to think temptation means. But I really think in the Lord's Prayer here, we have to back up a little bit to understand what Dallas is getting at here. He is explaining to us how Jesus presented his father to his followers. He was basically saying, you're talking to your father. My father is your father. That's world changing. I mean, that is that is yeah. absolutely world changing. And we don't give enough time to that. You know, we just how many of us call this prayer the our father, right? That that's right. the prayers referred to by millions of people as the our father, as if that were no big deal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's the biggest deal in the world. Mm -hmm. We're we're Jesus is telling us that. His father is our father, that our father is always with us, you know, just as close as the air that surrounds us. And he's teaching us that we can approach God in a way that presumes that God loves us and wants the best for us. And because of that, we can come to God without any of this pretense that we tend to take upon ourselves. Like, oh Lord, I know that I shall suffer. Help me to suffer well. No, we can come to God like, please God, please deliver me. We can be very honest about the fact that, you know, we can't really stand up to very much without perhaps even falling into sin. You know, we just, we're not made of particularly strong stuff. And it is perfectly acceptable to admit that to God rather than saying, Lord, I know you want me to be able to stand on my own two feet. No, we can say, Lord, hold me. I can't stand. You guys, this is important to me. Mm -hmm. I'll just say this is important to me personally, because in the past few months, this has been just about what I could pray. My family has been going through some health issues that have just knocked me. I would like to say they've knocked me to my knees. It's more like they've knocked me flat on my back, mm. laying in the middle of the road, hardly able to pray except to say, help, mm. just help. That's when I can actually maybe approach God with a little more honesty, mm. not Look at me. I'm coming through with all flags flying. More like I'm limping here, God. Can you carry the load? So this is what I think Dallas is getting at. Just as he has presented God earlier, he has said all the glory is due to God. You know, God is the one. God is goodness. God is love. In fact, here, just quoting from the Divine Conspiracy, Dallas writes, this is a vote of no confidence in our own abilities. 
as this series of requests begins with the glorification of God, it ends with the acknowledgement of the feebleness of human beings. Whoopee. Thank you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay because our Father loves us. This is a big deal that we not approach God trying to impress Him with our great faith. Now, is it true that as we go through trials, our faith can be built? Yes, that's true. But God expects us to come to Him saying, please deliver us. And then I think that puts us in a different posture of looking and seeing. I mean, I can look back over these past few months, y'all, and say, yep, right there, if not for the grace of God, my husband would be dead. If not for the grace of God, my son would be dead. Do you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. uh uh-huh, I was delivered, I was delivered, I was delivered, and still I am weak, I need deliverance. Both things can be true. Thank you. Thank you. I like the help prayer. Mm. I've spent a lot of time with that singular word. I really like this paraphrase of the Lord's Prayer too. It's interesting because when I first read it, it, it just it didn't have a poetry to it and it just kind of felt a little stilted and well, yeah, whatever. But as I've spent time with it and I keep returning to it over and over. Mm. And find it so helpful. And, and I actually will. Sometimes when I'm falling asleep, I'll work my way through it. Mm-hmm. The particular line, don't put us through trials. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I would speak to the theology of that. It hadn't even occurred to me. I just really like that line. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I think I don't want them. I don't want any more than I have to have. And mm-hmm. so I can feel a real earnestness of don't put us through trials, but mm-hmm. deliver us mm-hmm. from everything bad. I love that line. I know some mm-hmm. people are challenged by that, but I love it. And then the next one, because you're the one in charge and you have mm-hmm. all the power. Glory mm-hmm. to is yours forever, which is just the way we want it. I just love mm-hmm. that series of uh, that, that line, put us through trial. That's a, that's a help. That's a, that's a begging, even though trials are going to happen, right? But we still can ask to be delivered from them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least some of them, huh? Yeah, I agree with you, both. I think this is an extraordinary, well-crafted prayer. And as you say, it may not be the most poetic version of it. I find it the most helpful personally to pray my life into this and pray Mm -hmm. this my life. And, you know, Rochelle, you started with this concept of prayer and and i was also struck by the line in this book of his where willard says prayer simply dies from efforts to pray about quote good things that honestly do not matter to us the way to get to meaningful prayer for those good things is to start by praying for what is truly interesting or we are interested in, Hmm. the circle of our interest will eventually grow into the largeness of God's love. So he says prayer is communication with God about what we're doing together. And it's in that context that I pray, please don't put us through trials. I mean, I've been through quite a few 
Mm-hmm. I've been through quite a few. I've seen the Lord's faithfulness, kindness, grace. But I'm not looking for more of them, just my frailty. Yes, character will come, and character um, has come. Mm-hmm. And the challenge is to, is to convert that you know, struggle into something good. It's a conversion experience. This struggle I'm having, Lord, may it be converted. But please, I'd rather not experience it. I'm being honest. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he's being honest by asking it. So, so I think that's a helpful way of understanding it. Wasn't it the Pope who struggled with this line? I'm sure the current Pope also, there was some controversy a while back where he said, I find this line really hard. And I thought, well, if it's okay for him, it's okay for me. <laughs> Wait, finding Dallas's version or the traditional The old-style version, the King James mm-hmm. version, which I love as well. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, my word. The King James version I, I live with. You know, mm-hmm. I, it's, it is so ingrained in my memory. Yeah, yeah. But, but when I actually really pray the Lord's Prayer instead of mm-hmm. just reciting it, you know, mm. I try to live inside it. Mm. I remind myself that God is so safe, mm. so good, so faithful, and so loving yeah. that I can I can be myself with all my mm. brokenness, with mm. all my woundedness, with all my frailty, mm. and I'm no less loved. Mm. So I don't have to put on a show. And when I look at you two, if I can say this with others hearing our conversation, I can say that is the reality of it. I've seen that in you. So it's a wonderful thing. This prayer, we we were thinking, weren't we, before coming on this recording, we were thinking, let's give the whole of the conversation this time to just the Lord's prayer because we think it's such a critical thing to really work on for some other time can i just say the line i would love to discuss sometime is forgive our sins and impositions so the lord's prayer i mean we ought to read it i think dear father always near us may your name be treasured and loved May your rule be completed within us. May your will be done here on earth in just the way it is done in heaven. Give us today the things we need today and forgive us our sins and impositions on you as we are forgiving of all who in any way offend us. Please don't put us through trials, but deliver us from everything bad. Because you are the one in charge and you have all the power and the glory too is yours forever, which is just the way we want it. (laughs) I'm British. I don't. don't (laughs) I'm only joking. What's the deal with the whoopee? You guys, want to explain that? <laughs> I love that line. Yeah, that that is a different pr- approach to amen, isn't it? Yeah, it's collective response. I think is wanting a positive end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. What I love about it, because I picture him saying it, 
And yeah. it's so un-Dallas to say. Right. You know, yeah. Yes. It just makes me smile every time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I have a question. Comes to us from Allison. Hi. You all sound peaceful, reflective, open, yet humble on Friends in Formation. Exclamation point. Wow. Whoopee, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, is the response. <laughs> that's, that. right. That's, right. that's right. But could you share what repeatedly gets your goat or trips you up? And how do you turn to the Lord each time? How do you think you're being formed through those moments? Or do you, or should you, see an end to that particular is that Niggle? N-I-G-G-L-E? That's got to be yeah. British. Niggle? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's that mean, James? Stone in your shoe mm. sort of thought. Yes. Mm-hmm. Catches you out. Well, I, I love this. What is your stone in shoes, friends? <laughs> <laughs> if I could just say that uh, nothing. No, no. no, I'm yes. like Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. In every way. Yes, That's a relief. <laughs> Tell us how you do it. Oh, my word. Oh, my goodness. I love the way she said that. What gets your goat? Ugh, way too many things. Um, oh, man. So many things get my goat. This is a confession. I'm still working on this, but I have made progress, I can say. So I was, of all things, an English education major. I am a grammarian. I, hmm. I, like I was trained to teach English grammar, and it used to bother me so much anytime people made a grammatical error to the point that I was literally biting my tongue. More often than that, I was correcting. I was like the grammar police a big badge. I have a really big badge. <laughs> I'm the sergeant. That's so stupid, right? It's so. It, it's just, I share that because it's kind of ridiculous to think about. But it's it was all part of a package of perfectionism, you know, and I held myself to that standard of needing to be perfect and also held all of you to that standard of your needing to be perfect. And when you showed me that you weren't perfect with your poor grammar, I, I just wanted to slap you upside the head. I mean, it's, it's terrible. You're welcome. I You're know, welcome, right? Thank child. you. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate to say that because it's so trivial. But my point is that some of the things that get my goat really are so very trivial. But they're rooted in something in my past or a particular quirk of personality. Or I think this is just true for a lot of us. Sometimes there are things that that actually trigger an emotional, an outsized emotional response from us because of something we've endured. But lots of things can get our goats. I think if if we're honest, there can be very many things and they can be as stupid as poor grammar. <laughs> um, it's an interesting question. And maybe maybe the first thing I want to start with is I have different goats than I used to. Mm. And I do notice like things that used mm-hmm. to really hang me up for years. Mm. They're just not there. So in one sense, I want to celebrate that. Right. And they've moved to kind of deeper, subtle pieces. You know, we reading this question, they kind of laughing. Yeah, absolutely. I think the two that, that really can hang me up is learning to live within my limitations. 
that there are so many things I want slash need to do. And in the end, my energies, uh, my mental capacities, physical are limited and sometimes quite severely. And, and I find that really challenging. And then the other one with it is other people's wounds and suffering for others that we can't fix and can't control. So to follow up for her question, what do we do with that? For me, it's, and I feel like I say this all the time, there's just an issue of prayer. And this particular is a listening and obeying prayer. Because both those issues, I need direction on. And so my prayer goes with a kind of a help, but a show me away uh, kind of thing. And I think I'm being formed in that. You know, I like who I am. Can I just say that? If I wasn't me, I think I'd want to be me without all the nonsense, uh, uh, circumstantially. (laughs) But yeah. Okay. There are my goats. James, confess, friend. Yes, (laughs) Yes, I'm <laughs> no, happy to. I wanted to go, if we could do a bunny hop into you know, Enneagram, mm-hmm. if you are familiar with the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. And if people aren't, it's a really interesting tool to get a little bit more inside personality and what gets us. And I think the Enneagram gives us a lot of helpful clues on this issue. So to give you an example, I'll take two examples. One is the achiever in the Enneagram. And the achiever, what's helpful is if you go to Wikipedia and look up the Enneagram, there's a table in there that gives you your ego fixation, your temptation, your vice, and your virtue. So if we took three, the Enneagram three, which is the achiever performer, the ego fix is vanity. That's the the weakness, <laughs> vanity. The vice is deceit, and mm-hmm. the virtue is truthfulness. So on a good day, the Enneagram three, the achiever, if you think you're an achiever, so you know, always um, you're striving to to get there on a good day you're a truth teller on a bad day falsehood can easily come in yeah but you want to look like you're telling the truth you want to look like you're telling the truth (laughs) so sincerity is the greatest thing in our world and if you can fake that you've got it made (laughs) god help you that's dangerous still to have (laughs) <laughs> and then if I take another one, Enneagram 7 is the enthusiast. And the ego fix is planning, getting things neat and in order. The vice is gluttony, and the virtue is sobriety. So enthusiasts are probably quite good at having a eating plan and um, sticking to it, except when they don't, and they just go crazy. <laughs> the other way. And I just wonder whether deeply behind this, and there are several personality styles here, the point here is they're all invitations to think about what's really beneath them, Mm -hmm. what's really down at the core of us as individuals that trips us up. Or put it the other way, see what's tripping you up and it will show you a depth of yourself that you can then bring to God. Mm-hmm. and talk through with him and offer him and expose 
to him. It's a place where you can allow God in to meet you at your deepest, deepest, you know, hurt and struggle and ego fix. So rather than seeing it as a, this is terrible, I need to stop this, which of course we want to get over these things, they're actually pointing you to something. They're actually saying, meet Jesus, you know, there. Does that help? Does that make any sense? Just to follow on with that, James, and and to be serious about what trips me up. I want to say to Allison and to anyone else struggling with this question, yes, there is hope. So one of the things that gets my goat is when people refuse to admit that there's anything they struggle with. Right. When people pretend to be perfect or sinless, Mm. it drives me crazy. But I can say with honesty that the worst case of that that I've ever been subjected to in in my life, and I'm pretty old, (laughs) but there was a person once who hurt me really deeply. I mean, we're talking about betrayal, like terrible, really, really terrible. And one of the things that this person did was constantly insist that she was sinless and Mm -hmm. constantly pointed to my great weaknesses. But, you know, she sort of held herself up as as sinless. And it was a terrible, terrible time Mm -hmm. in my life. And I struggled with it. And probably two or three years later, I was talking with a trusted friend who knew all about this episode. And we were we were talking about it. It had somehow come up in conversation. And in the conversation, I could not remember the name of the person who had hurt me. I was like, oh, what, what, what's her name? What's her name? I, I, and it wasn't that I was just having a moment of, you know, a senior moment. I really couldn't remember. I had just stopped stewing on, on the person. I had stopped. I had finally, with God's help, just released her to God Mm. instead of carrying her situation so tightly to my chest. So I think there is hope you can make progress. It is slow sometimes Mm. and sometimes Mm. it's agonizing, Mm. but, but yeah, you can make progress. You can make progress. And if I could just add a footnote, if the Enneagram is of interest. You can get it on the internet. You can do it for free. You can take the Enneagram test if you want to. Alice Freiling has an Enneagram book that's my favorite of them. Mm-hmm. We can put that in the show notes. But yeah. what, what I like about the Enneagram is it gives me a direction where mm-hmm. to go. Other, yeah. other kind of tests, you go, oh, it's kind of novel. But mm-hmm. that gives me something specifically to work on. Yeah. Good stuff. actually have a question to share from Keith that I think might follow along here pretty well. Keith says, is it possible to measure or to assess progress in Christian formation, either in oneself or in others, if we have some pastoral oversight of them? Mm-hmm. Is it possible to <laughs> measure progress? Mm-hmm. Yes, but don't. <laughs> I remember hearing Brennan Manning once give a reference. It, I'm, I'm not getting the quote. I won't get it right here. But And he said this really emphatically of like, I wish I hadn't spent one more second 
determine if I was growing or focusing on my growth. And then I've heard now and say something similar. Their intensity of it has kind of taken me aback a little, yes. but I, I, I think there's potentially a danger in, in some of that. But it is good to mark where we're going. Typically, it's others. Others are going to see things in us before, before mm-hmm. we do. And having people in our lives that love us enough to be honest, as Mimi says, that community can then, uh, we help locate ourselves uh, in those relationships and then people can see us in ways we can't see ourselves. Who is that? Who said that? That was Mimi. Yeah, Mimi Dixon. Part of our community. Yes, mm-hmm. part of the Renovari board ministry team. Mm-hmm. There's a number of podcasts I've done with Mimi mm-hmm. and they're all wonderful they are they're super i know of one way to measure progress maybe i know it because i have failed the test too many times <laughs> but i still think it, it it is valuable it is to look at someone's ability to rest there you go whether someone can stop and sleep when they need to sleep or or put their burdens down for a little bit. I mean, I think it's, uh, when I think about the commandment to keep the Sabbath, I I find myself thinking, boy, (laughs) here's this great gift of keeping the Sabbath, of actually having to rely completely on God. (laughs) And God says, do this. It's really good for you. Take a rest. This will be really good for you, for you all because it's really something that has to be done in community. And we take that and twist that into some kind of legalistic, (laughs) you're not allowed to do X, Y, or Z or whatever, instead of an invitation Mm -hmm. to rest and to trust. But there have been so many times that I've thought, no, 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 no. If if I will just keep at this, you know, if, if I will just go the extra mile and the extra mile and the extra mile, it'll be all okay. And the truth, of course, is if I'll lay it down and, mm-hmm. and recognize that something's not within my power, that's a measure of, of growth. Right. I sometimes say to young executives, the greatest act of faith, maybe not to save the world, but just to go to bed, just to mm-hmm. go to bed. Just mm-hmm. to, because your emails, you know, quit trying to run the universe for a right. while and, <laughs> and the kingdom will still be there tomorrow, even if your emails aren't answered tonight. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that's a joke, but there's something about but that. It's not. Yeah. To take yeah. your point about rest. Of course, if sleep is an issue for you and you're struggling to sleep, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're at fault um, right. because people do have sleep issues and increasingly people have them actually, uh, which is interesting. That There are three places I've seen this assessment, as we've been asked, show up. In the Renovare Spiritual Formation Workbook, which goes along a Richard Foster's book, A Streams of Living Water, there is a little exercise you do where you look at the six facets of the character of Christ, and you're invited to just put a little X on each of them. So like um, spokes in a wheel, if you think there are six spokes going out, 
and the wheel and the six of the six um, streams that Richard explores, it invites you to sort of put a little X along each of those spokes. And what that does is you can see, is my are my spokes a circle or am I emphasizing one <laughs> as opposed to you know others? I don't know whether that makes sense, but is it a circle or is it a lumpy wheel? <laughs> All right. Yeah. A lumpy yeah. wheel. That's one way. I don't like scoring out a 10. I, I worry mm-hmm. about that, putting, you know, where do you score out of 10? But just a sense of where do you think you're working and, you know, where do you want to be um, stronger, more like Jesus? That's one. The second place that I've seen it is at the Renovari Institute, where members of the institute are invited to hand in their journals to someone who reads them. And your personal relationship, and you're writing it down, you don't have to do this. It's not compulsory. But they can see as the year or two years goes through, hmm, you're making progress here. And I think that's a really interesting sort of vulnerable thing you only want to do it to someone you really trust Mm -hmm. but i thought that was an interesting way of exploring it and the third way it shows up is ask your closest friend or your you know spouse someone who knows you really well and say what do you think am i becoming more like christ that's helpful that can be helpful so those are some ways i do like the idea that we want to explore this though i recognize all the struggles of assessment and comparison and judging ourselves and judging others but that doesn't mean to say there isn't something in there if it's handled in the right way i think part of part of my pushback is i don't want to fall into earning yeah. or like a kind yeah. of you know growth on a chart and then right. i mean that misses the point it in, really in a does sense. Mm-hmm. and as a former academic yes. this stuff just drives me crazy out mm-hmm. trying to measure everything yeah. and mm-hmm. it's not helpful and other than accreditation and kind of foolish particularly i think in spiritual formation two things that came to mind for me similar to you guys uh, james for you is the journal going back and reading our own journals yes. and mm-hmm. like that can be sometimes quite revealing with a couple of questions I'd ask myself, and this relates to yours on Sabbath, Rochelle, am I becoming more at ease with myself, others, mm-hmm. and God, mm-hmm. which is a picture I'll use for Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. I'm fully at ease with himself, God, and others. The other question I'd look at is, am I growing in my capacity to love others well? Mm-hmm. Growing in my capacity to love others well. And then the last one would be intimacy in my prayer life. Is this becoming a more honest and real space? What I wouldn't do is pay a whole lot of attention to how you feel. Right. Our growth doesn't mean we're happy or people necessarily, but not to measure particularly our spiritual life on how many holy goosebumps <laughs> I'm getting. Yeah. But am I, am I growing in my capacity to love others and my honesty and intimacy in prayer? Those might be helpful questions to explore. Mm-hmm. And there is a chapter in Renewing the Christian Mind by Talos Willard. In fact, there's probably two in there, two essays on this issue, because he was very interested as an academic as to whether you can or not. Yeah, I think it was Talos who said 
instead of counting Christians, maybe we should weigh them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And obviously not to see how many pounds of body fat they have, but as we become more and more like Jesus, just the gravitas, the the weight of glory, Mm. to use Mm. C.S. Lewis's term. Mm. I like what you said, Nate, that in general, don't, but to look back on the journey and say, actually, yeah, you know, that used to really trip me up. And Mm -hmm. and now I'm able to be honest with God about Mm -hmm. that. And and I want to just point us back to one thing you said, Nate, that I think may be the most important statement of today's whole conversation. The way you look at Jesus, what did you just say that able to be at ease Mm -hmm. with God himself and other people? Is that what you said? Yeah, and I'm I'm sure I ripped it off somewhere, but yeah, more at ease with self, God. Yeah, I like that. James, I get that from you. <laughs> I'd like to think you got it from me. I think it's uh, John Wesley, actually. Mm. He did it. It's something like easy in themselves and valuable to you know others, something mm-hmm. like that. Lovers of all. Yeah. Well, there you go. All truth is God's truth, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's a very helpful point. I mean, this idea of pulling the plant up all the time to see if the fruits are growing <laughs> is really not is not a good not idea. Yeah, yeah. But you can buy the fruit, and right. Jesus said it's by your fruit you can assess. But the question is, what's the fruit and the That's fruit right. is more like you know jesus mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah amen amen it's so good to talk to you guys Whoopee. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and we it are is. so grateful so grateful for everyone who has joined us here at friends information thank you Thanks for for being a part of this conversation. Thank you for joining us on this journey. And once again, we would covet your questions. You can see how we just take these questions and it causes us to, to dig deeper. Our goal is listening and learning and becoming more like Jesus together because we're friends on this journey. So send us, if you have a question or a comment, send it to friends at R-E-N-O-V-A-R-E dot org. Friends at renovare.org. We'll be so glad to hear from you. God bless.